do you guys use uh, task manager software of any kind uh i i use reminders <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah. does reminders count <laughs> it does it absolutely I, counts i don't have that many tasks that need managing <laughs> fair don't you When I first started selling podcast ads, I was actually reminders was the thing that made me good at it because like I would write to advertisers and then set reminders in the reminders app to reach out to them again in a couple of weeks or months or whatever. And it worked. I, I feel like people who do use these task manager apps fall into two camps. Either they fall in love with an app and then they use it religiously or they constantly switch apps in hopes of finding one that actually works the way their brain does. <laughs> but if you guys don't use any, then forget. Well, I mean, I used to, oh. I'm trying to do it. <laughs> When I when I back when I worked for the man I used um Omni what is it Omni uh, Focus Omni Focus yes yeah. <laughs> Focus John no I wasn't giving you the <laughs> yeah. answer I was just telling Perfect. you to focus John that's a, and that's how well I was I, I I did with it um <laughs> which was you know I think it's a very good it's a very good app and the nice thing about it is it's um sort of between this personal app space and the professional app space you could put you could manage like I could manage small projects in it. Without having to use, you know, like Microsoft Project or, you know, OmniPlan or something like that. And it was pretty good for that. Uh, I, you know, personally just struggle with that constantly. So, uh, you know, I think most of the problem was me rather than the app. Well, Reminders Mm. for me works like it's very simple. I maintain different lists for different things. Like, you know, I have like a personal to-do list. I have a work to-do list. Um. I actually have like a lot of contextual lists. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, I have a list that's like uh, for all the packing stuff, you know, and it's not the same list, but like whenever we're about to leave for a trip, like my wife and I put a bunch of stuff on the packing list to check off. Uh, and then I have like a couple lists that are for specific thing. Like we started making a list for packing stuff for our Disney World trip in, in April, for example. Um, but what I don't, the only thing I don't, I used to keep in there that I don't anymore is a shopping list. Um, for which I exclusively used any list because it hooks into the echo very well. So when you, you can tell it, like, put this on my shopping list, it automatically syncs it to any list. And that list is shared between my wife and I. So no matter who goes to the store, you got the same list. Yeah, but I do that in reminders. Yeah, but the uh, the echo integration isn't there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but that's, do that's I have an echo, thing. Dan? Do I? uh i mean on this call a little a little bit a little, <laughs> a little bit, bit of an i because yeah. <laughs> i just did it <laughs> you you did own one at one point but you but you returned it I, I, well i didn't open it so i'm not sure if that really counts as owning it <laughs> it's funny uh right now i'm looking at reminders because i was curious and it popped up so in the new reminders in uh catalina it has like the four like today scheduled all ta- tasks flagged stuff and then right below that right now it popped up a series suggestion which it just says cancel the tuesday appointment i don't know it says found in messages with my wife i don't really know why uh can i make it go away yes delete goodbye i don't know what that's about uh i guess i should cancel the tuesday appointment guys Two days ago, apparently. <laughs> I got, um, I booked a, a flight recently and was interested to see that I, I ended up with two things flagged in the, in the calendar app. And I was, didn't look at it for a long time because I couldn't figure out what the, you know, what the heck that was. And, um, 
I finally went in and took a look and it was, it had found in mail the two, yeah. you know, the, the two flights and wanted to book them as <laughs> John, events. I'm, I'm going to tell you that's been there for a long time, but I know uh, you yeah, don't fly I never, much. But, but the thing, <laughs> the weird thing is, I mean, like when you, whenever you send me those Google calendar things, it doesn't do anything with those. <laughs> right. Well, it's not scanning for, yeah, for some reason it does not pick that up as well, but it does have yeah. like that series suggestion thing for certain and that types was of that was more of my point was like i didn't understand why it would do that and not do the the um the i'm Google gonna start stuff. sending you our uh show invites <laughs> as boarding passes <laughs> just <laughs> can i can i scan it with my watch when i when i join the um absolutely the call absolutely okay. no problem and cool. gmail actually does this too right so if you get boarding passes tickets sent to you it automatically puts them on your calendar as an event that you can decline if you're, mm-hmm. if you're in the Google and, ecosystem. And puts it in the giant yeah. database and puts it in the giant yeah. database at Google. Yeah. And uh, what's annoying is on occasion, I end up booking flights for other people. <laughs> and wow. then I go to my calendar. It's like, hey, don't forget you're flying today. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not. I bought somebody else's ticket. And that's <laughs> annoying. Yeah, the uh, it, I, we share a account. Stupid Google. I share a calendar with my wife. And it sometimes she forwards me like, oh, here's my flight information just so you know. It does the same thing. I'm still a big fan. I mean, I, I probably fly. Probably. I fly the most of the hosts on this show. Um, I'm still a big fan of um, TripIt, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a fantastic app for this purpose. But like uh, all of my boarding passes or hotel reservation docs or anything, I just forward to plans at TripIt.com. Yep. And it parses them and organizes them. And I just freaking love it. There's a couple other services to do it, but nobody, nobody as well as TripIt. We use that for like longer trips. So, you know, last year when we did our honeymoon, we had a TripIt thing for that. And then this fall, we're going to South Africa and we got a TripIt thing for that. So like stuff that's long involved with lots of places to stay and lots of flights, we do that. But like not for most ordinary, like I'm going to Seattle in a couple of weeks or the Emerald City Comic Con, and it's like I'm not going to. I've heard of it. Yeah, sorry, John. <laughs> uh, but I don't bother with that, like, because it's like I know where I'm going. It's just me. <laughs> I still do it even now for short trips. I think because I do so much traveling that it's like nice to know that I can look in one place and see the confirmation numbers or whatever. Because I you change hotels based on what's cheapest at the time, and instead of having to search my inbox, it's just right there. Because by default, whenever I get anything confirmed, I forward it over to TripIt. So. Thanks, Trippet. This episode's not brought to us by you. <laughs> but, but it could be. If hey, you want hold to, on. you're curious. Not brought to us by you. Brought to them. Now, I don't know, really it's, know what it's right. mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I think through that one. Brought to you by them. Lex, I have a question for you. Which, which uh, of the wireless earphones do you currently use? Which ones are they? Uh, I feel like you're testing the fact that I never remember what they're called, but I believe it's Power Beats Pro Wireless. Power Beats Wireless. Power Beats Wireless Pro. I just I saw that there is a uh, the Powerbeats Four has received FCC approval, but those are not as good. So yours are like totally wireless, right? Like they're just like yeah, Powerbeats okay. Pro. That's right. Yeah. So these are the Mine wireless are, are truly AirPods, just yes. in a bigger case and with hooks on them. That's right. It. Right. These are the ones that have a. They still have a cable. They're still wireless, but they have a cable between the earbud things. But apparently, they will have a uh, Ahoy Ahoy telephone support. <laughs> Uh, but that I'm interested because there was a thing last week about like um, somebody had leaked a supposed picture of Target inventory uh, in which it listed a bunch of different Apple products that they supposedly were getting, which included some sort of new set of headphones, um, some a new Apple TV and a couple other things, um, which was interesting because there is the rumor of a March event, which is about a month away now if that still happens. 
Uh, I was not expecting an Apple TV refresh, but it has been a while since that was updated. Been a while. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I like to imagine it was John throwing his keyboard down the desk and storming off because I'm with him. <laughs> I'm with him on that. I was quiet with it. It was like background. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need a new Apple TV, and I don't think I would buy a new Apple TV. But I guess Apple thinks that's still a going concern. I had the my first time recently, just yesterday, of thinking that I maybe wanted an Apple TV or a HomePod, and then quickly changed my mind again. But it was because Eero, which I use for my home Wi-Fi, announced support for HomeKit, and I didn't even know what that meant. I still don't quite know, but apparently it protects your your home devices so that they only can talk to each other and can't be hacked by any means. And so I was like, all right, I have Eero. Let me turn that on. And it was like this will only work if you have a home kit hub like an apple tv or a home pod and i was like nope forget it but i did spend a solid 12 seconds thinking should i get one for that purpose and then no was the answer you could buy a home pod for pretty cheap these days <laughs> you can get an apple tv for less i don't need any more speakers i can talk to <laughs> don't you though don't you i probably do yeah i saw that too and it briefly made me consider buying an Eero router if only because I my airport has gotten it's gotten very touchy like there are times during the day where I try to like just randomly it's like you get there's a dialogue box that pops up sometimes where on your like your iPhone where it's like this network doesn't seem to be connected to the internet do you want to keep trying or would you rather switch to cellular and like it doesn't seem to last long like a minute later everything's fine but it seems like I'm getting blips uh on the router side so I'm like and there are little annoying things there's a thing where I have to change a port um, in order to update something and changing a port forwarding on the a- airport is a pain in the ass because you have to restart the freaking base station so i have yeah. to change it once and right. then when i go to change it back it's like well you can't just like remove it from one and add it to the other in the same go because it's like if you try to add it to the other one even after you've removed the first rule it's like oh some something else is using this port so first i have to like remove it, restart it, and then re-add it to the original thing that I'm using the port forwarding for. And it's like, what? This feels stupid and antiquated. And then I remember that router is 10 years old. And that's probably why. Yeah. Because the router is stupid and antiquated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss my airport setup. I loved it when it worked. But then when it died, it died ugly <laughs> and without <laughs> grace. Mine has been going pretty strong recently. I mean, I got, I got the, last, the last available model. You have, so. like, you have like the tall tower thing? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing is like the hardware in mine, I think, is mostly fine. The software is the thing where I'm just it's a pain because I do enough fiddling with that that sometimes mm-hmm. it ju- it's just old. It's just old and like nothing works like that anymore, or at least good routers don't work like that anymore. I got a. I mean, did I mention that I got a new modem? Yes. Yeah, we, we definitely. Yeah, so things the... have been a lot better since then. I have not knock on wood have not rebooted that modem since since I installed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the difference between getting a modem that is on the approved list and having one that rolled off the approved list like eight years ago. And and under a truck. <laughs> no, of course, it's still here in the basement someplace. Oh, my God, John. You got to Marie Kondo that shit. I really do. Well, you know, the performer's right here. So. <laughs> Does that performance spark joy? <laughs> yes it does frequently oh. well not frequently sometimes once a quarter maybe <laughs> and then the um, other quarters are just sparks you're a mon- yes you're a monster <laughs> uh 
there was an interesting thing. So the latest 13.4 beta came out the other day and appears to contain a feature for uh, OS recovery for iOS devices, uh, a la mm. internet recovery uh, on the Mac. So that would, uh, in theory, if you say couldn't plug your phone into anything because it didn't have a port, that's a way to restore your phone without needing to plug it into a computer. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I no can see way. using Lex that. Lex said no way. I, but I can't see them getting rid of ports altogether. You think there's no a chance of no ports altogether? They're That's already been... shit so slowly if there's no ports It's altogether. already been rumored. It was rumored last December. We talked about it at some point. I just wrote a column for Macworld on it. I don't listen to this show. <laughs> but I'm saying <laughs> the... I don't know. Okay. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> what a dumb world. <laughs> uh, I think I think the word you're looking for, Lex, is courage. <laughs> I, Super I don't courage. mind wireless charging. I have a wireless charger that I can see right now on my desk. But today, uh, my phone is was not charging last night, which I knew. I was like, I, I didn't plug it in, and I knew I was going to have to charge when I got to the office today after you know using it all bus ride commute in. And because I wanted to get to full in a hurry, I plugged it in via USB-C. <laughs> The USB-C to lightning cable, and it charged really fast, as it does, from low to high quite quickly. I could charge it on a wireless charger instead, but that means anytime I want to use it, it stops charging, and it charges more slowly. Two things I don't love about a chargeless, mm. portless iPhone, mm. so that's all. Well, I mean, that's the current state of affairs, though. I mean, I don't think this is something that happens next year. I think the earliest it happens is the year after that. And Oh, well, I'll be dead by then. That's fine. <laughs> true <laughs> we may all be dead it is to laugh <laughs> yes you, you, know what you, should, you know what you should do before we all die due to whatever john and dan <laughs> get yourself some kensington stuff <laughs> yeah this episode of the rebound is brought to you by our good friends at kensington the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity it is so easy to use. You can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug and play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K display with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience, uh, 75% of a damn, in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, Plus, rigorous test cycles and quality control means all their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash rebound right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash rebound to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of the rebound. Okay, so what do you think is more likely, a an iPhone with no ports or an iPhone with USB-C? <laughs> I think an iPhone with USB-C is the likelier of the two. I would probably agree with that. I think it will probably happen. I think it will probably go to USB-C. I would be curious to see if it's going to happen this year. There was this whole thing this past week as well about the European Union getting back on its uh, horse of mandating uh, smartphones. Yeah, universal like chargers. Universal chargers, yeah. And I got to think, on the one hand... I don't think Apple wants to essentially have somebody else dictate what design decisions it needs to make. I think they would be, yeah, I think they would be kind of pissed about that, (laughs) but it's tough too, because like there is a strong argument for USB-C and the iPad and MacBooks all use USB-C to charge. So like, 
I can imagine. What's the, count- what's the counter argument? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, uh, the the point is like if Steve Jobs were still around, this seems like the sort of petty shit he would just be like, no, we're not going to do it just because they told us to do it. <laughs> right. We're going to pull USB-C from our existing devices. Yeah. yeah right. We're that, we're that <laughs> I annoying. Bet, I bet is going back to lightning. But the, the, um, the challenge here, too, is that like. There, is, I mean, we all remember when they switched from the dock dock connector to to lightning, right? And like everybody threw a shit fit about like yes. <laughs> none of my peripherals well, so work I've, anymore. I've been thinking about this a lot. That there will be less of a peripheral whine this time because so many peripherals are now Bluetooth. Like, there's very few. I think, in my experience, like not none, but there's m- way fewer like built-in lightning syncing devices, speakers, and such. But if you take if you happen to have a USB C cable near you, dear listener, and you have a, a a lightning phone, and you look at the USB C cable and the lightning port on your phone, they're not that dissimilar. I mean, obviously they're they're different tech. I get that, but the size is not wildly different. And Apple of the future, in my dream scenario, makes a phone that has a port that can function as either. <laughs> Just like a small transition period phone where the port could do both. I feel like it could be done. I don't think they will, but that's what I think I would do. That's an interesting that's an interesting idea. I feel like I feel like you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> Get you a port that can do both. Yeah. <laughs> that's <awesome. laughs> I think that's not possible, but okay. I don't think it's not possible, but I think it would probably require a lot of work that they might decide is just not worth it. Because if it yeah. just comes down to people replacing their cables, it's like, well, that's not really our, it's not our problem. <laughs> I mean, the other, the, the cynical argument is always that if they move away from a proprietary connector, they can't license it to people and make a lot of money off that, right? So, you know, if it's USB-C, then anybody can basically build a peripheral. Uh, granted, they'd right. probably still have some sort of process in place for approving stuff, but like, you don't have to license the physical connection uh standard or whatever which is the ipad pro situation today yeah exactly so i i think the ipad pro how much they make off that too i mean i i I mean it's probably you know for me it's a huge amount of money i'm sure but is it for them (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i i feel like you're right and i think that the it would certainly behoove other things too right like there are wired uh peripherals that you might plug into a a phone right like whether it be a battery pack or like even a mic, right? Like there are mics that work with the iPhone and it would be so much Early. better if they were USB-C because you could just use a USB-C mic rather than having to find a bizarre lightning adapter or something that works with that. So, you know, there's strong arguments for that. And like, certainly the fact that they added the ability to plug in thumb drives to your, to your iPad pro, uh, and that that doesn't really work on the Mac <laughs> or on, on, on the, on the iPhone. <laughs> Don't work on the Maggie here. That's really unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if they, sh- I feel like if they were going to do it, they should do it sooner rather than later. But I can also understand. Yeah. Like so, now I'm thinking, what your what phone had the what was the lightning port uh, started? Was it the iPhone four? It was way back. I think it was. I think it was the four mm. or the four S. Um, I won't say it was the four S, but. Yeah, I, I was, it was. I think it was the. 4S. It was in yeah. 2013. That's my guess. I, we, can, like, we can take bets. Yeah, I think it was the. 4S. It was the iPhone five. Oh, when the Apple five. introduced the iPhone okay. five, fourth generation iPad and iPad Mini, they also mm-hmm. introduced the Lightning connector. Thanks to iMore.com okay. mm-hmm. and Googling. Jeez. Okay, I was wrong. So the iPhone five, two. <laughs> which came out in 2012. Uh, yeah. So it's been eight years of the Lightning connector. Uh, the dock port connector was started in 
what, the second iPod? It replaced Fire Firewire. Wire. Yeah. yeah. The first yeah. one is Firewire. I think it was the second. Okay. Second so it lasted about nine years. Um, you know, hard to, you know, make a direct comparison necessarily, but like we've basically, we've almost had the lightning port as long as we had the dock connector port. So it seems like time to, Which is amazing, to, to just fucking switch away from that. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you were born when the lightning port was born, you're now dead. <laughs> What? <laughs> Want to feel old? <laughs> when Wilfred Brimley first got the lightning port, he was as old. Uh, the lightning port has now passed the cocoon barrier. <laughs> Brimley cocoon line? Oh, no. Oh, man. Well, speaking of technology that's that's getting outgrown, it sounds like I'm going to an ad, but I'm not. Um, I got a panicky email from my parents uh, this week. Um First, my mom explains to me what a Roku is, because she says, we use Roku to watch Netflix and Amazon Prime on our old TV, and we would like to be able to keep doing this. But we got this email today. And so they got an email from Roku that said, here's an important note about your classic Roku 2 player. I love uh, Roku, including the word classic in the subject line, <laughs> to just show how old they think your Roku is. But it's basically saying, with the release of OS version 9.1, all models of the Roku player, uh, the Roku 2 player still in operation will no longer receive new software updates. So my parents feared this meant that they could no longer use that Roku and they had to replace it right away. And I said, you'll have to replace it at some point, but not yet. And But they're not going to get an Apple TV. I'm sorry, Dan and John. But uh, Skin off my back. I don't care. How, how, how long do you have to support a product before you can let it die, I guess is the question. Uh, 12 minutes. No. Uh, there, is a, there is a rule in some states. California, I believe, has the vintage and obsolete technology uh, which is mm. well, Apple maintains a list of products because there is a certain amount of time past which uh, you must. So you must uh, owners of iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Mac products may attain service and parts from Apple or Apple service providers for five years after the product is no longer manufactured. And that's like it. That's I think vintage is five between five and seven years ago, and obsolete is discontinued more than seven years ago. So. So it's not how old the product is; it's how long ago they stopped making it. That's yes, the when they were discontinued, uh, and I think the EU. My guess is, I think they have even more stringent or like longer lasting um, uh, limits on that. But yeah, because they also say they do it where longer where it's required by law. Um, so I mean, legally, there's your answer: is it's probably in that range. But, like, you know, we talked about this a few weeks back with the Sonos stuff, too, right? Right. Yeah. And it's tricky because used to be you could buy a thing and, like, there was no no external dependencies, right? Like, you bought a television or a radio or something, and it, like, it's going to keep working basically until a part fails. At which point you either decide, is it something you repair or is it something that you just replace? But now the issue is all this stuff is externally dependent on things like firmware updates and supported software and services that are online. And those don't have like those could change without your product breaking. They could just, you know, decide we're moving to a new thing and we decided it's been long enough and your product may work fine. But the company has decided they don't they don't want to support it anymore, which is a problem. Because what do you do at no. that point? I guess the answer is your parents get a new Roku eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so great for Roku. They just made, you know, free money. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's 
it does seem reasonable that you should mandate a certain amount of time past which you have to support things. But I also am sympathetic to the idea that you don't have to support old technology forever because then stuff never moves forward. I mean, it's the same problem with the EU uh, charging thing was 10 years ago. They tried to do this with a standardized port charging phones and they were like micro usb right right? and it's like well would we have if that had worked would we all have been stuck with fucking micro usb ports forever because then you have to update all the laws about okay now usbc is also okay yeah that to me is the biggest question about any of these mandates on what a charger would have to be is like how does it ever change how does it evolve and just does a consortium of companies have to agree that they're changing right do they and 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 because the government, and I'm not somebody who complains that often about government regulation, but like the government does not move quickly, right? Like they're not going to be on the cutting edge of stuff, you know, advocating for like, oh, well, we saw this new technology is coming out, and like t- two weeks from now, it'll be okay if you want to use Dan, that. I don't know, Dan. Have you have you watched some of these congressional hearings? <laughs> the the Bernie Sanders in me. I think there are. I think like, they're completely on top of this. <laughs> the, the Bernie Sanders in me is like, could you make the law simply that? Whatever standards you, you, whatever you use for your phone's charging port, you have to make an open, free to license, free to use standard. So, in the basically yeah, right, meaning right. you can use an existing open standard, or if you make another one, it has to be an equally open standard that you don't ever charge yeah, for yeah. and that you provide all that, the instructions that for. That said, that kind of work. You know, my argument uh, with standing, like, the USB-A port still exists on a ton of shit and has been around for 20 or more years. So, Which is offensive. <laughs> which is totally what they should be using in smartphones. Right. My point being, like, maybe the USB-C port will last for another two decades. Who knows? Yeah. Well, the, for those listeners wondering, the Roku 2 was introduced in July 2011. I don't know when they discontinued it, but I think my parents got their fair run out of it. Uh, speak- that doesn't seem so bad, yeah. Speaking of technology that might get replaced, there was another report this week. Lex Friedman. <laughs> yeah, Lex Friedman has been replaced by a bot. Um, <laughs> there was another report this week, this one from Ming-Chi Kuo, about a uh, my favorite topic, which is uh, the Mac ARM transition, <laughs> potentially. Oh, yeah. And that there might be ARM-based Macs as early as next year. I know myself and other people were hoping it might happen this year. Not to say that they couldn't announce it this year if they're actually going to ship something next year. But I... And that was, yeah, that was part of the discussion, right? Was how they would approach it. They would do it the same way that they did it the last time. I don't see why you wouldn't do it that way because, like, despite... So Gruber linked to a post well, this, in Twitter yeah. would complain about, like, oh, all the PowerPC sales will dry up, you know, once they switch to Intel or announce they're switching to Intel. I don't think that actually was a big problem for them. Um, I don't think it would be a big problem here because they're going to, again, like we were just discussing, they're going to have to keep supporting Intel-based Macs for yeah. a while. Right. Uh, and and there's they're still probably a few years away from making that transition across the line i i don't think that the you know everybody who just bought a six thousand dollar mac pro uh is suddenly gonna like next year find oh no now they're now they're all run on arm <laughs> instead right like they don't work anymore yeah suckers <laughs> but i would i yeah i mean i would think that they would want to they would again the same way have to get ahead of that right and they would if they were going to do it next year announcing it at wwdc this year would be the way to go right it seems smart uh yeah there's there's probably things that developers have to do or be aware of although yeah. i'm guessing as with last time they'll try to make that transition process basically as easy as possible mm-hmm. and essentially the uh people talking about stuff where they have to like deal with the uh 
running how do you run a, a intel app on an arm processor and it seemed like a lot of people were like it's emulation and you just brute force it because the chips are powerful <laughs> enough which is kind of fascinating i did just send uh, dan and john how i suggest apple create its wwdc invitations this year <laughs> Is there a reason you decide to do that in text on a podcast? Rather? Yeah, right. And just, instead of just saying it. My we... goal was that one of you would read it out loud instead. <laughs> it was a pun, dear listener. It was a pun. They could promote it as this year WWDC costs an arm and a leg. You're welcome. Thank you. It'd be great if they had another platform that was like L-E-G. <laughs> then I'd be cost an arm this. and a wheel? <laughs> There was actually, uh, yeah, the wheels don't lock, by the way. Uh, yeah, which, and then it just slid right off the table. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was going to say, uh, related to this, there was there was a discussion on, a, I think on Upgrade, Mike and Jason were talking about this year, with the sort of people freaking out about the health stuff, some discussion of, is does Apple have a contingency for if they can't hold WWDC? Or if it seems more advisable that they not be like, yes. 5,000 people or more from around the world come and join us in San Jose, which I think is an interesting question because... I think they have a contingency plan. They yes. don't have it. Right. Well, that's the question is, do you not have it? Do you somehow make it a virtual event or, you know, I think they, I don't think they can just not, it, obviously they can't just not make their announcements, but it may be that their announcements are like live streamed or yeah. there's a small contingent of like a press core that goes but it's not open to developers right. they need an audience can you imagine how weird that thing would feel <laughs> oh my god no so surreal just apple employees oh, they're all just clapping all the fucking time it's a great time it's a great time to introduce their ar <laughs> technology yes we've sent glasses and, to all uh, of your houses you know, the entire audience is just ar i'm on board with that sounds fine to me sure if you're one of the tech people, do you want to go? I mean, like, if the, if the actual event, I mean, if you're one of the tech press, do you want to go because the actual event is canceled because they're concerned about people dying from a virus? And then they said, but, but you people in the press can still go. <laughs> I'm not sure that sounds That's like a such mixed, a great... mixed messaging right there. Yeah. I bet they would, but. Or Apple, you know, shares those, those masks that can block coronavirus. Um, but the ones that work with face ID because they use a photo of your face. Maybe mm-hmm. they unveil those at the same time. <laughs> oh, truly, we do live in the most post-apocalyptic of worlds. Oh, my God. I like going to WWC. Would I not go if it were... Uh, I mean, if it were canceled, obviously, I wouldn't go. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that develops. I'm apparently going to a big con in, like, two weeks, like I said, in Seattle. Hopefully, that'll be fine. First time hearing of it. I literally... <laughs> technically not true yeah second you're hearing of it <laughs> i had a fun experience yesterday as we recorded was my son's birthday and uh we were at a restaurant and he was getting his dessert served and so i'm trying to take some pictures while the restaurant sings to him at the same time uh his aunt facetimes on my phone to say happy birthday to liam all good so we're facetiming we're like okay now pause because we're gonna do the thing and of course facetime has that button now where you can take pictures while facetiming and so i take a variety of photos while facetiming <laughs> And only after hanging up do I re- recall by realizing that uh, when you take pictures during FaceTime, you're taking pictures of the other side of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I sent Liam's aunt, my sister-in-law, a variety of pictures of uh, her young son. <laughs> She's like, these are cute, but why do you have these? And I'm like, well, I was trying to take pictures of Liam and instead got your son. Uh, hmm. But it was pretty funny. So you cannot take pictures. Uh from your phone whilst on a FaceTime, which of course makes total sense and I'm fine with, but it was just funny because I saw that I was taking, like there's the, the shutter button right there and I expected it was the shutter that I could see as opposed to like effectively taking a screenshot without the 
FaceTime Chrome around it. Okay, so it takes a shot of the, uh, yeah, the video part, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Why does, uh, so you, what just happened is you texted us while we were on this this conversation, and I had turned off Wi-Fi and turned on Do Not Disturb, and yet, for some reason, sometimes I've noticed this happens when we're on these these conversations when somebody texts me for some reason the phone turns off do not disturb and and buzzes that's crazy town yeah and i don't get it like wait so is that while your phone is in use like is your phone unlocked at the time it's unlocked yes so uh, um, there are definitely fine-grained do not disturb controls because you can choose whether and, do not disturb can let me let me just tell you neither of you is a vip <laughs> I, I appreciate wow. that. But so wow. if you go into settings. Several years in settings, and the truth like, really uh, comes out here. <laughs> settings do not disturb. Um, you can choose it to silence always or while phone is locked. And I'm wondering if yours is on uh, while phone is locked. Mm. Nope. Silence always. Oh, just then that you suck. That's what it is. I figured <laughs> that, that you suck. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> right, we solved that problem. 278 episodes in. <laughs> Well, it's a, oh, you know what it is. When in Do Not Disturb, allow incoming calls from your, f- well, but you're not favorites. Um, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 no, wait, wait, whoa. No, hang on a second. We're not favorites. Yeah, we're not, not favorites. VIPs. A second call from the same person within three minutes will not be silenced. But, so right, but that's because cool. Lex constantly texts us. But that's while not we're texting. Doing these. That's, that's not, that's not <laughs> texting. But that's, that's, yeah. that's not a, a text and a call. It's not a call, the same but thing. I bet it works for this. I bet it works for both. Really? It should, feels like I it bet. should say Absolutely not. A hundred percent no. No, no, no you don't think so? No. I'm just gonna I'm gonna turn on I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll get the texts. You guys change do you have an auto reply for the driving mode? The do not disturb while driving? Yeah. It, I don't use it anymore. Yeah. Right, well, I used it for a while, but it was like <laughs> Karen kept complaining about it. <laughs> She's like, I'm fine if you don't respond, but I keep getting <laughs> I don't want to text you and then get immediately this text message back that says you're driving. I was just curious if you had a custom message or just use the default. I definitely I used the default, it when I first got um, it. but if I were to turn it on again, I would definitely use a custom message, and it would be something hilarious, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you should just make it like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it prefaces it with the automatic. It's, it's message. just going to say new phone. Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> it does preface it. Yes, uh, probably to avoid you from pulling hilarious stunts like that. <laughs> I've only ever had somebody use the urgent thing once because the, the automatic message is like, if you reply with the word urgent, this text will notify me anyway. And um, it was, Sierra, please, please help. I'm stuck daughter. in an auto driving car. We didn't talk about much. We didn't talk about a lot of news, but I don't think there was any. There I know, that's, a lot that that's the super... issue is in, in February, there's, yeah. there's fuck all to talk about. And it just feels like I feel. So this is the thing. My compulsion is when there is dead air, I fucking fill it. <laughs> and because yeah. there's a slight, there's an ever so slight lag somewhere on this call. Hence mm-hmm. some of the crosstalk. I'm never sure. Oh shit, is there dead air or am I waiting for someone else to start talking now? And so I right. invariably, again, default to I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. We appreciate that. 